Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen. Janine, we have reached the end of our romance movie double features and we have a whole heap of fun nonsense, but isn't actually nonsense and is quite meaningful and actually sweet at times, a lot of the time, but it's certainly fun, which makes it a hell of a lot different from last week. Yeah, which wasn't fun. Well, I mean, it got it, it got a little deep, but there were some there were some fun nuggets in there. Little bit too much seriousness <laughs> last week, Janine. Yes, Silver Linings Playbook and Lars and the Real Girl dealing with people's mental struggles. There's very little of this present in the movies we're talking about this week, which take. The romantic double features on its last turn, on its last spin. Janine, what do we have to round out this wonderful series this week? Uh, we'll close out this uh, romantic double feature series with a double feature of the Think Like a Man movies. Think Like a Man and Think Like a Man 2. Yes. Why do we have these movies on this episode? Well, when I was kind of formulating this series of rom-coms and romantic films, you had kind of mentioned that you missed, uh, that you know, watching a good black rom-com because you enjoyed yes. when we did them in the past. So I was trying to think of a good one that you hadn't seen, and this definitely fit the bill since we were doing double features. Um, this one has a sequel that's, you know, equally fun. So I thought this would be a good time to share these movies with you. You know, it's Black History Month, so we had to throw some some flavor up in there somewhere. So, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, I, I should point out it is, of course, U.S. Black History Month. U.K. Black History Month is actually October. Oh, see, we get you. We get a nice, good long month in the, in the UK. Yeah, it's actually yeah a thirty-one day month. There, <laughs> yes. the the UK's black people get not. You don't get. You know, this is a terrible pun, but you don't get shafted like the U.S. Black History Month with <laughs> February and it's twenty-eight. Days. That was a really bad Can joke, wasn't it? it? <laughs> that was a really bad joke. I did, it wasn't even a joke, it was an actual phrase that just fits. Just fit. Yeah, no, it was pretty perfect. Actually. It just fits. Anyway, we are talking about the Think Like a Man movies on this week's episode of Morgan Hasn't Seen. Black rom-coms are there to be celebrated, Janine. There's a whole series of Morgan Hasn't Seen dedicated to such movies as this. Although these movies feel like, to me, a not 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 a sequel at all, but a kind of the next generation's the best man. Kind of, yeah. In in terms of they are a fairly big ensemble of very attractive people. Of very attractive people, um, that that kind of that has its has its you know has its sequel as well. And just feels like, you know, you take that best man generation of young, attractive black actors, Tay Diggs, you know, Terrence Howard, Nia Long, Sanaa Lathan, and that kind of situation. <laughs> and you bring them into this one of your Gabrielle Union, 
your Megan Good, Regina. Regina Hall's actually the, the segue <laughs> in between the two of them. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Uh, Michael Ely. Mm-hmm. And uh, weirdly, <laughs> Kevin Hart, who doesn't really fit in. in the he's thing, like Michael the narrator. He's kind of the comic relief narrator of the story. So he's kind of narrating what's happening. And, he is. Know, and how we get from point to point, you know. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart serves his his rightful purpose in the Think Like a Man movies. He is in a totally different story to the rest of the cast, though. And that's you know that he's there for that reason. He's there to be the opposite of everybody yeah. else's situation in both movies. Celebrating his divorce from his terrible wife, while all of these people are trying to like find yeah. love or, or work through these relationships. And and later on, you know, in in these in the story of these movies, when when couples fall apart or go through struggles, he's the one getting back together with his ex-wife. Yes, <laughs> he's he, he's a man on his own, Kevin Hart. I feel like Kevin Hart's also the kind of person that some people really hate. <laughs> like maybe he's yeah, just because he's mean, very loud, and he's kind of he's gone through his kind of oversaturation phase where we're getting a little too much of him. So I feel, I feel like that was probably at the time of around yes. these movies yes. as well. Like Cause 2012, 2015, yeah. 2015, 16 was like, yeah. Kevin Hart. We had, that's, a, that's a good point. Actually. I think people maybe have gotten over the overuse of Kevin Hart now and yeah. just see him as, Oh yeah. Okay. That's cool. Kevin Hart. That's not he's not he's nice for a bit of humor every so often. And he is. I, I, I don't mind him for that. Yeah. You know, I quite like him for that. He is very loud. But that's his deal. That's yeah. his whole that's his shtick. Yeah. Shtick. It is. And it works. It does work. And it works in these movies. I'm way less interested in what's going on with Kevin Hart in these movies than I am with virtually everybody else, though. Yeah, you're playing with some kind of fun dynamic. So kind of the whole plot of the story is it's it's loosely adapted on Tyler Perry or Tyler Perry. Oh my goodness. Steve if it was Martin. Tyler, oh god, if yeah, it was right? Tyler Perry, know, we'd be having cry. some um, we would be having some horrible deep yes. well not not the deep just, things I are guess, horrible, you know, but I'm talking about black ensembles in my head, just you know. And then you were talking about just excessive drama and things like that. <laughs> and there's also yeah, the Tyler that would, Perry yes, joke that in would here. be Tyler Perry. Um, Yes, there are a couple Tyler Perry jokes in, in this movie as well. So that's, it's on the brain. But Steve Harvey actually did write a book, Act Like a Woman, Think Like a Man. So it's kind of like this, uh, you know, a bit of a shameless promotion to kind of create this whole movie around his actual book. It is, <laughs> but it they, is but ridiculously do... egotistical from Steve <laughs> yeah. Harvey, actually. But they do kind of pepper it in well. It's like the characters in this movie are watching him do interviews for the book because Steve Harvey is like himself in the movie. So we have our characters kind of watching him do interviews and press about the book and things that he's saying are relating to kind of what they're going through in their kind of relationship aspects or what they're looking for. Yeah. So it's a bunch of women who are kind of discovering that this book could be very helpful for them to kind of protect themselves from the BS that men kind of throw out there for relationships and uh, the men that kind of get duped by <laughs> these, uh, you know, things that are in this book. Yeah. And then it kind of like gets this... it gets turned back around. Yeah, so it's a it... fun kind of game that's happening with these characters, which is really kind of fun because you end up kind of having these char- character archetypes that you're dealing with that are uh, 
points in the book. So they're working yeah. from that section of the book to deal with their specific guy. So you kind of like to see how those dynamics play out. And then, you know, once a whole discovery happens of the guys learning what the girls have been doing, it's this whole turning the tables kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you you are right. You know, each couple is their own archetype of this book, isn't it? It's their own yeah. their own signature, their own very individual stereotypical we're at such a relationship point or we are such types of people and how how we are dealing with that with each other which in an ensemble rom-com makes a lot of sense you know you always get that in ensemble rom-coms it works really well and i actually think it does work really well in this movie because for the most part everyone's a really good performer everyone plays the parts really well you know there's the the heart is very very strong in there the emotions really strong in this movie the comedy is pretty strong in this movie as well but you actually feel like you care about what's going on with the people yes themselves and this format works really well because each kind of couple is a chapter in the book Exactly. So you're kind of invested in each one of their kind of different dynamics. So and you're, we have, you're, you know, um, you're you're going from part to part, and it's structured very well, in the sense that you never, you know, it's balanced really well. I should say, not necessarily structured. Although there's nothing wrong with the structure, that's not what I mean. What I mean that is, it, it is balanced very well because there's about four or five couples, really, isn't there? I mean, let's. Who've we got? Who've we got as couples in this movie? So we have um, Kristen and Jeremy, which is Gabrielle Union and uh, Jerry Ferreira. Ferrara. Yes. Um, so they're kind of the, she's dealing with a non-committer. They've been together for nine years. They were together in college and he's still kind of in this frat boy phase. He, you know, after nine years with some of you think at a certain point you would have proposed or something like that. He is fine with his entry level job. He hasn't like tried to push himself past that, um, you know, to be a game designer, which is what he went to school for. So he really has no drive to kind of move past where he was. He's kind of stuck in his frat boy phase. So after she's kind of watching Tyler Perry's, Ty why do you keep saying Tyler Perry? Stop <laughs> talking about party. Tyler Perry, Janine. <laughs> why do you have Tyler Perry? You don't I even no like idea. Tyler I Perry. I hate Tyler Perry, and it's just, I don't know. I guess him and Steve Harvey just give off the same energy to me. <laughs> do they? Do they really? One of them doesn't have a mustache. <laughs> One of them isn't bald. I know, but I just in their place in black ensemble films. I don't know what it I don't know what it is. I just They can't... are two pretty significant black Americans that that is true. <laughs> they have nothing else alike. Oh dear. Steve Harvey, Janine. Steve Harvey. Yes. <laughs> Yes, she sees Steve Harvey talking about his book and that kind of puts on a light bulb for her of like, wow, yes, I'm dealing with this man child. I have not required him to propose. I've let him feel comfortable in the status of our relationship. And that's why he is not going to do more than and what he's doing because I have not pushed him to. Yeah, so that's one of the couples we're dealing with. Um, then we have uh, Michael Ely, who is a dreamer. And yes. um, he meets Lauren, who is kind of like, you know, big 
independent boss lady who kind of has all these requirements for herself. And that's why she can't find anything because she has these very high standards and she's very um, stubborn about them. Taraji P. Henson's very fancy. Yes. So she's dealing with this dreamer person who, you know, he has all these big ideas of things he wants to do, but he never really sticks with one thing. He's always trying to, you know, he's inspired by everything constantly. So he's not very kind of consistent or focused. So he works very well in this particular role as well. He's got a particular look as Michael Ely that just gives off introspective sad dreamer kind of person yeah and it's all it's all in his face it's all in his eyes he's got very striking eyes yes so he's just very sensitive and intense and and emotional looking all the time like there's these just big beautiful kind of puppy dog eyes he does he looks like a sad dog yes so it's dominic and lauren and them trying to deal with like her being kind of a big boss and him kind of being not at that level but like aspiring to more um so them trying to figure that whole situation out um then we have megan good uh who is dealing with zeke who is kind of a big playboy type and she is someone who hasn't really been you know making her worth known so she will like you know hook up with a guy right away and that's why nobody really sticks around because she's constantly just hooking up with people instead of like you know making guys wait for you know something like that to show that you know i care about if you if you think i'm worth it you're gonna wait you know yeah i'm not gonna let you you know push the button to unlock the door and have me jump in instead of opening doors for me you know i'm not gonna have you ask me out through a text message i you know feel like i'm worthy of certain things and if you respect me and you know we're gonna have a long-term thing you need to kind of adhere to those things so she's trying to turn this kind of uh, playboy into more of a gentleman and yeah. in the process kind of you know show her own worth to 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 a man so that's kind of their situation and then we have candace and michael who michael is a mama's boy and she's somebody who is a single mother you know trying to figure out you know a situation of introducing a man to her son and that whole thing so yeah. but that, he that, is I, so kind of stuck to his mother that it, it's causing serious problems. So it's very serious <laughs> problems. At times, you wonder if it could potentially become a little bit Norman Baitish, Batesish, Baitish. That doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> well, yes, they do make a joke about. like that in the sequel. About they do, they do, because it's weird, Janine. <laughs> and look, m- most people, unless your mother is a truly horrible person, loves their mother. You know. But to the degree where, you know, you're taking Paris vacations, the two of you and... You're taking whole... your own mother out on first dates with other women. Yes. Yeah, so, like, I love the kind of the montage of showing kind of each of these guys, you know. Um, uh, we see uh, Michael um, on a Valentine's date with a girl and he's like happy valentine's day and the girl has this pissy expression on her face and you wonder why and it pans over because mom is there too and happy valentine's day to you too mom and and the girl gets pissed and like walks away (laughs) he's like i'll call you she's like yeah you don't have to call me there's some serious messed up things going on i'm afraid in michael's head who is terence jenkins yeah isn't it uh, so I, yes. I speak to him being probably the weakest actor of the bunch. Like his line delivery is very kind of 
uh, rehearsed. Like you, it doesn't feel as natural as everyone else. And I think mostly because I think he mostly does like hosting type stuff. Like I don't know if it's like sports probably... hosting or like commentary stuff, but I think he's more of a host and not an actual actor. Admittedly, I think he's the one person out of the main ensemble who I've actually never seen in anything yeah. before. Um, and but that yeah, probably think... speaks to why you think as a host, though, he is kind of used to kind of maybe over theatrically saying yeah, certain like, things. He's like a host and he does interviews, he like, you know, things like that. I think that's kind of what he more does. So um, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, so it, also wasn't the fact... it wasn't distractingly bad, but I think it was just kind of the least natural delivery of, you know, yeah. I think also probably the fact that he and Regina Hall, who who plays Candice, they're almost the if if the movie has a if the movies I should say the two movies have a central couple, which they don't really, but if they do, it's probably them because it's their wedding wedding that everyone in the second the second one yeah and they kind of have the most biggest dramatic plot point with with the mother-in-law being a problem yes in that movie, even and also i think rather unfortunately for terence jenkins and his potential acting ability compared to the others he's coming up against regina hall who's very very strong yes, as an there's, actor. there's a really strong scene like where she really kind of gives a great kind of speech to him you know um after the mother has kind of been rude to her and uh he in uninvites her to their wedding and so yeah. she kind of has this whole great kind of noble moment and, and gives a speech and he's just kind of delivering his lines very kind of over the top kind of so yeah definitely probably the weakest but you know it wasn't like distractingly bad no 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 i don't there's nothing what I what I what I like about these, it, it, they seemed very very easy to to watch. Yeah, and that's not to say that the, you know, you didn't feel like there was any stakes in them. That's not to say you didn't feel like there was any emotion in them because there was. You, you cared for these people. You cared for these individual stories that were going on. These relationships that were going on when things looked like they were breaking down, as they always do in rom-coms, just to come back together. You felt that, and you were wanting the satisfaction of it all coming back together, and you felt that satisfaction when it did. So there's nothing in these movies that takes you out of them. Yeah. There's nothing in these movies, particularly the first one, because the first one, Think Like a Man, obviously, it is all about this idea of, of steve harvey's book or, or or as we'll refer to him from now on mustache tyler perry oh my god <laughs> i'm not gonna let you live it down janine i'm not gonna let you live it down yes i've found i found something uh -huh. i can i've found something i can hold over her everyone let's get excited for me for once okay well you just you just hold on to that feeling because you know i i could i could share some things about uh your actor face blindness that uh yes <laughs> i do have act we know i have actor face blindness this is not a lie this is not a hidden secret so shush <laughs> anyway <laughs> the first movie is all about steve harvey's book and and this man very manipulative game that both sets of people are playing <laughs> but the to the point is... where at times you feel like oh my god 
this is horrible. Why can't people just be genuine with each other? Why is there all these games going on? I don't like this at all. But the point of this book in asking these women to demand more from a man and that's kind of why they haven't been getting what they've wanted is because they've kind of just been complacent with how guys treat them. And it's a very positive message. And the book kind of, I guess, speaking to them, you know, finding their worth more and demanding something of their relationships and of the men in their lives. Um, It ends up kind of having the guys learn some things too. And and have them grow in a positive way. But it's only until... So, so like they're growing and they've actually the relationships are thriving and doing well yeah but because it was done in a way they feel is manipulative that's when yeah. they get mad and feel like they need to retaliate <laughs> which that's... is funny because it, it's actually working out for you but yes. you are too blind to see that you get caught up in the fight of it all so that's when hilarious when the tables kind of get turned and they're complaining like she made me actually go look for a good job (laughs) yeah like what a horrible person yeah that's what that's when that's what i mean that's when i say it 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 got a little bit over let's play games with people because it was going really well it was going really well in everybody's relationship until all the men found out this book existed yes because one of the things in the book that they tell the women to do is ask um, about a man about their short-term and long-term goals so you see a scene where when these women are first starting to date these guys and stuff or talking to them they ask them what are your long-term goals what are your short-term goals because you kind of want to know if that they have a plan so that if you can kind of be worked into that plan or if they even uh you know have their shit together so once they realize that you know each one of them have been asked this question uh their token white friend he actually read the book so he he's like that's he's familiar. an idiot as well he gets <laughs> he annoys me <laughs> he knows so he's like oh my gosh they've all been reading this book and that's how they're kind of been talking to you guys so they all kind of realize that they've been played essentially by this book yes they, they, they do they do my, my look I, I would ask why they all ask the question of what are your short-term goals what are your long-term goals in the most obvious like do you not think we, we should have a little bit more not subtle, but just different ways of, of, of trying to get answers to those questions. Like, they were, th- that montage is literally goes from couple to couple going, well, what are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? Next person, what are your short-term goals? Like, come on, guys, have some more, you know, smartness about it. Don't be outright. Yeah, don't, but I don't, don't think they expected any of these guys to know each other or talk to each other or anything like that. Always expect the worst. <laughs> no, that's a terrible way of living life. Don't expect the worst. Don't don't listen to anything I have to say. Advice-wise, unless it's good advice, I'm getting into my own head. What am I talking about, Janine? I don't know. It sounds like you're back into the uh, mental health episodes of last week. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be there anymore. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no. I just, I, I just question that. You know, I just, I just. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's meant to illustrate that, like, you need, you need that moment to kind of stand out. So then, when they come to the realization, you kind of can call that back out. 
Oh, you do. I, I don't. I don't discredit the the aspect of gaining that information. It just all seemed very samey, and it's not an issue. I'm just trying to nitpick for the fun of it. Of course, you always have to do that. You can't just enjoy no, something always. outright. <laughs> I am. I am enjoying it outright. Don't but I need to find some me. things to bitch about. <laughs> That makes perfect sense. It wouldn't. Um, be, I, I, if you want me to find something to to get, not annoyed at, but you know, whatever situation you've just described, it is. It is. It is Bennett the token white <laughs> in the movie. The token white. He is though. That's exactly yes. what he is, and yeah. he's an idiot. And I really don't like. <laughs> Why? Yeah, he says really offensive things and he could just get away with it because his entire his friend, friend group is black. black. Yes, I do like that they have a token white friend. Um, you know, it is a nice, a, like, it is a, a nice, nice switcher up of, you know, that trope. It is. Um, so I do it makes sense as well. I, 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 I like it. Place in the group. Um, uh, you what? But... You think Bennett's place what? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you go somewhere <laughs> yes a little bit i'm sorry <laughs> I, I i appreciate bennett's place in the group as the token yes. white friend as opposed to like you know in a white rom-com you have the token kind of black person um so i like that we have a token white friend in this movie um but yeah definitely some interesting dynamics happen because of how this book works out and this whole kind of turning of tables um and so they actually are like they their whole plan is to okay we're just going to double down on doing having them think we're doing all of the things that they want us to do so like he pretends to go apply for that job that she's been pushing him to get and it's making their relationship stronger and thriving and and why would you pretend this is what annoys me i really you know what you can tell i liked this movie janine because i'm so invested in what everybody was doing and i did genuinely enjoy this is, I liked this movie an awful lot. I really did like this movie. I really, really did. It's how you can tell. I'm so invested in, in the idiocy of, let's be fair, the, the men in this movie. Oh, I've pretended to apply for my dream job just to play this game with you, Gabrielle Union. First of all, don't do that to Gabrielle Union. That's me. <laughs> Second of all, why have you pretended to apply for something that is your dream job, you idiot? Actually yeah. do it. Exactly. Um, and like Michael Ely, he like writes up a whole professional business plan. Um, like That's just, fake. Yes. But like he writes up a real business plan, but he's doing it to like, oh, so he'll impress her and look good to her. And, and you know, not that he's going to actually do anything with it. But then it turns out actually being a really brilliant business plan and it puts him in the step in the right direction towards Throwing. you know what he wants to do as a chef. So it's like, you know, um, the Michael character, he changes his mom's name in his phone to work. So instead of it looking like his mom's constantly calling him, it looks like it's a work call and he can just ignore it. So that's the weakest, all, that's the weakest one of them all as well. So all I of mean, them what? are kind of 
actually doing things that could help themselves and make their relationships thrive and be better but they're doing it out of some kind of spite so i like that kind of when kevin hart is doing the voiceover he's saying these guys were retaliating but like things were actually going really good and they kind of forgot that they were at war because things were going great in their relationships at this point and this is why kevin hart's just kind of this he's almost he is, isn't he? He's, he's one of those characters. You feel like, and I know this might be a weird thing to say, Janine, but he's like some sort of Shakespearean character or ancient Greek character who, while the story's going on, just plods into frame or just plods into the scene to just kind of go over what's happened with everyone yeah. and just say, right, this is where we are now. Let's all remember where we are. I'm going to shout for a bit because I'm Kevin Hart. I've also got my actual things going on in the story. But as you know, it's totally the opposite to everybody else's. It's actually a really genius character yeah, well, type the, the to movie, have in there. The movie opens with his voiceover. And then so like that kind of just sets him up as the kind of storyteller of what's going yeah. on. Um, throughout the rest the of the chorus. Movie. He's the ancient Greek chorus of the entire movie. And I know that might sound a little bit, you know, high, fancy, whatever. But I actually think he, I actually think that's exactly the role he's playing, and he plays it well. Yeah. But uh, look, I still have an issue with the Michael changing his mum's name in his phone to work because that actually doesn't help him him or the relationship the rest of the things that people are doing if they realized and had brains would actually help them that doesn't because he's still getting calls and calls from his mother what would help him is going to his mother and telling okay mom Let's actually act like But see, that's kind people. of what they're doing. It's like these not these active yet non-active situations to kind of make the women think that they're doing what they want them to do and like make the women think that their use of the book is working, which it is kind of working because A, he, he's not, for him, it's helping him distance himself from his mom. So he's he's ignoring her calls. Yes. Um, and, and it makes it look like he talked to his mom because she's, you know, to Candace's knowledge, his mom is not constantly calling him. So she could assume that he talked to her and so she's not bugging him as much. Him ignoring the calls is helping him, you know, realize that he doesn't need to talk to his mom as much and he can focus on his time with Candace and, and her son Duke. So when he ignores her call, it's, I think it's helping him a little bit too because he's not, you know, constantly picking up that phone. And it looks good to Candace because it looks like he's just blowing off work for her and making her the focus there. I I just think that I just think they're being mean for no reason. <laughs> I just think the 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 playing stupid games for no reason, Janine. I I don't yes. like it. It hurts yes. my brain, and yes. it makes me it makes me. But they're actually hate like... that people do this in real life. <laughs> yes, and so like, and then in Zeke's situation, it's like he gets in, put in a position where he has to introduce Maya and you know so I think in the book like she's not going to give it up to you if she is not something specific to you so when he's yes. introducing her he re had read that part in the book so he calls her his girlfriend so that she can you know 
um, you know, get in, get in with her. So, what is the horrible phrase they actually use in this movie? Something to do with cookies. Yes, the cookie jar. <laughs> Unlock the cookie jar, or some sort of ridiculous analogy to sex. Yes, that is a normal analogy. That is not a normal re- analogy. Why yes. does nobody do anything directly in this movie? You can tell I like uh, this. Is honestly, you can tell I like this movie because I'm so invested in the stupidity of a <laughs> oh lot of these people. Yes, but it's like he is actually getting to know Maya, like. You know, she's actually encouraging, like, you know, he tells her he used to be in a band and she wants to hear his favorite track and she tells him how great it is. She gives it to, like, her uncle or somebody who works in the music industry. She gets concert tickets for him as a nice surprise. Like, he's actually realizing how great she is, but he is so caught up on his, like, I'm just trying to hook up with her. All these dumb dates that she's making me go on to, you know, he's fighting it. He's obviously enjoying himself. He's like, so, like, that first night where she didn't give it up and they have this date and they spent up stayed up all night talking he goes back to his apartment where <laughs> cedric uh, kevin hart's character is always just in his apartment uh, wearing his robe and drinking his milk and all of these things and he's complaining about how he didn't hook up with her and talking about how dumb she is and he's like you know 90 days bet you i dump her 90 day ass and they're like uh so are you going out with her again yeah i see her tomorrow <laughs> like, <laughs> but he every time like he goes on these t- rants about how how has he not gotten any from her? What's her problem? She's uptight, but I'm going to go out with her like next week. <laughs> like I'm going to go out with her again. So him just like fighting it, like, you know, wanting to live up to his rep, not letting himself enjoy that. He's actually really happy in this relationship. It can, it's one of those types of rom-coms where it's almost a, it's a lesson rom-com, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's not like or a romance movie. It's not like something like, you know, the, the the lake house that is very much entire. The entire situation is defined by the two individuals in the movie. That situation could not possibly happen to anybody else. Yeah. Because it's somewhat fantastical, right? Yeah. It's not even like the best man movies which i'm i'm gonna keep my analogy of think like a man is the next generation's the best man yeah you know uh not true what do you call a movie series that's just two movies uh duopoly no that doesn't make duopoly? sense duopoly i don't think there's a because it's not name. a trilogy no what's the what just a series. A series. Whatever. Yeah, just a series. But it's not even like the best man. Because you don't feel like there's... You know, because the situation in that is very specific. You know, the, the actual core of that movie and what the characters go through in the first movie and the second movie are very specific to, to those situations. They're not kind of big picture anybody and everybody at one time or another can recognize these aspects of a relationship. Whereas this is, this is very much kind of, yeah, you'll have seen that relationship. You know, maybe you've been in it. Yeah. You'll have seen that one as well. Maybe you've been in that one. And there's, you know, there's four or five in this movie that you can 
relate to or you can relate to of seeing. Yeah. Which make it what what I would call a, a lesson rom-com, where you take from it and you impart the wisdom the movie has into your own life and hopefully, you know, it may go somewhere for you if that's what, you know, you're looking for at whatever particular time. Yeah. So I I like it for that. I, I really do appreciate it for that. So you can take, you know, you take take the best bits of advice from each type of relationship going on, try and impart it to yourself. It's a it's a single person's rom com, Judy. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. I I really like particularly the Megan Good Romany Malco relationship, to be honest with you. Is is that your favorite? I like I just like the idea of a known playboy being humbled and turning more gentlemanly for a particularly impressive woman you know or a particularly you know somebody he 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 has never met this kind of woman before yeah. it turned him completely into something much better I like that. Yeah. I like that. Because, you know, change for the better. Change change isn't always a bad thing. No, but like if you fight it and you're kind of just focused on so on the idea of somebody making you change as opposed to like what the change is doing for you. Yeah. That's kind of what is happening with these guys. They're just more focused on, you know, their stubbornness and somebody making them do something that they weren't aware was happening to them. Um, as opposed to actually seeing what the change has done for the positive, so maybe maybe I like maybe I like that one because it might actually be the, in my opinion, the relationship with the highest mutual level of attractiveness, person to person. I mean, um, okay. I mean, uh, you know, Zeke the Freak did sneak into my DMs once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> um do we have do we do we have time for the story i mean it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't he was he was he was a perfect gentleman it was it was very polite conversation it wasn't anything scandalous roman um, Malco did not do anything scandalous no with he did not but it was the early days of twitter um where you know if somebody messaged you you had to be following each other to reply right so I had watched 40 year old virgin for the first time, like in a long time. And I just had forgotten how funny Ronnie My Malco was in it. Like he was hilarious. He was like a great comic relief in that movie. So early days of Twitter, I tag him. I'm like, Oh my gosh, watching 40 year old virgin for the first time in forever. And I forgot how funny tag Ronnie Malco was in this movie. So great. So then being in my DMS, Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the compliment. Well, is this your first time seeing the movie? And I can't reply back because we don't thought he doesn't follow me. <laughs> um, so then I have to just reply on actual Twitter. So I'm like, um, no, but it was just seeing it in a long time. And uh, you were so great in it. He's like, oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, how are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, well, um, 
And I'm like, I think I replied like on Twitter. Oh, I'm doing really great. You know, thank you for da 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 da. I can't reply because you don't follow me. <laughs> so I said that, hoping he would follow me, but he didn't follow me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boo. Who yes. knows what could have happened to Janine yeah, in right? years past. And so it was just kind of like this little back and forth of just him, just nice general, like kind conversation. And then I had seen something where he was, he had posted a video um, like on a vacation with his family in Trinidad. And, and I was like, oh, are you from Trinidad? And he's like, oh yeah, like my family's from there all over Trinidad. And I was like, oh yeah, it's mine too. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. But yeah, so I just had tweeted that I loved him in Four-Year-Old Virgin and he actually like messaged me in DMs. Like it was Well, <laughs> the Janine and Romany Malco love story will go down in history. <laughs> As and the actually, shortest Twitter love story. I ever. know. And funnily enough, he was actually in a Kevin Hart movie recently where he played a character named Jalen Warren, which is my nephew's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It all fits. Yeah, it's crazy. I think there's some, uh, there's some ancestral secret going on here. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, this is funny. Conspiracy. Romany Mal a Romany Malco conspiracy. No, he's great though. But my um, favorite couple, I think, is is Lauren and Dominic. I, know, like, the, it's I a think great they're couple. the sexiest couple. Like Taraji Panzan is gorgeous in this movie. And you, you are they, you are like, right. To the point where they have their own theme, like that two nights the night John Legend song you, yes. plays every time, and she has like her big entrance, and they have these beautiful romantic dates and rom like their whole you romance are, is like yes. a dating show. Like <laughs> you are correct. And they're both you very are... sexy. We see them being very sexy, licking chocolate off each other, feeding each other food in bed and like I'm not disputing the heightened sexiness of their entire relationship. I just think that the Romany Malco Megan Good one is a little bit more down to earth. Okay. Because they're obviously, you know, Dom Michael Ely, Taraji P. Henson, Dominic and Lauren are two fancy people. Well, he's fancy. He started as like a he started as like a valet, you know, line cook. Um, Maybe it's because he is particularly striking to look at that he just comes across like an incredibly fancy person. <laughs> yes, well, like to a certain point, like he ends up catering at a at a function where Lauren is getting like this big prestigious award. So. Yeah her big kind of pushback on him is that he's not as successful as she is. So, he still does fancy things. Like that, so that I mean, rooftop he can date be, thing. He can be fancy, but she's still fighting against it because he's not making like the right amount of money or has the right job for her, for her standards. Maybe that's so, also why he's I... He's not fancy enough, so that's why. Well, maybe that's maybe that's also why I, I, I kind of don't, you know, don't not like, but... A case, you know, I'm turned away from Taraji P. Henson in this movie because it's all very money, 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 money at the beginning, isn't it? And it's just like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, Whereas at least sure. you feel like Megan Good just wanted to, to find her worth. That was kind of a, you know, that's all she wanted at the beginning. Let's yeah, find my worth. Taraji learns her lesson by the end, but. Was she always, no, no, I don't. Look. There's not a couple I don't like, and I don't dispute 
your choice for that. I just think it was a little. I just think that the well, you threw out there a level of attractive things. of equal attractiveness, and I'm like Taraji Mutual. is gorgeous. I Michael Ely is a million times gorgeous, probably the most gorgeous man in this movie, in my opinion. Morris but, Chestnut is in this movie. I though, know Janine, temporarily. He, that's now, who that's who Taraji goes for after she dumps poor Michael Ely. Now there is a man who is fancy. Yes. Maurice Chestnut has not appeared on Morgan Hasn't Seen in a long, long time. <laughs> so he was a welcome face. A welcome face. He is very fancy. I mean, my God, that man is suave. Yeah, I mean, I almost thought of doing another movie, which is kind of a similar sense to this one. If this movie didn't have a sequel, I would have done um, Think Like a Man and Two Can Play That Game. So okay. it's literally where Vivica Fox is dating Ooh. Morris Chestnut. Oh, and it's it's very similar to this movie in that she's kind of the one with the very successful relationship. She kind of knows, you know, how men work. She knows kind of all the rules. So she basically is a Steve Harvey book on her own. Not and we see her, her we see her go, which I almost said it again. She goes through her friends' relationships, and like we see how sloppy those dynamics are, and she kind of categorizes each one of them okay. and kind of says what they're doing wrong in the relationship, and then kind of highlights how her relationship's going well. We get Gabrielle Union in there as well. Oh. So once you know everything's, she's kind of like the peak pillar to her friends of like a successful relationship, how to keep a man, all of these things, until one night when he cancels dinner on her and says he's working late and so then that kind of puts this whole their whole relationship out of whack and so she starts playing all these games with him to get him to kind of behave how she wants him to behave and all these things so definitely would have been the second pick had this movie not had a sequel that's also a pretty 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 impressive mutual attractiveness couple yeah and like, you know that era i think it's early 2000s of the k-pop yeah so, yeah um and more yeah. chestnut yeah <laughs> we have anthony anderson being like that era of him just being an annoying sidekick person and things so okay he's, he's that guy in that movie gabriel union is like the kind of bitch coming in trying to steal Vivica's man. So <laughs> why pu- why paint poor Gabrielle Union as such yeah, a thing? No, That's what was... I liked about her in this movie. Is that movies liked her for some reason, but Gabrielle. I've always really liked Gabrielle Union, and yes, it's probably got something to do with the fact that I think she's very attractive. <laughs> But the point stands. Why do movies paint her as villainous? Because she can play that kind of hard. She can, yes, she can. Know. But she can also play silly and kind of goofy like she does in this movie. Yeah. And just wants to... like, she, Yes, she likes weird things like Jerry Ferrara does or whatever his stupid name yeah, is. Yeah, like she's a nerd too. She likes Lord of the Rings and playing video games. But she also wants to have a grown-up relationship. and he And she has literally let him feel like it's okay to be this comfortable and settled and not want for more or strive for better for themselves. And you know, I really liked her in this movie as well because she she liked decorating the house. And if there's one thing I like doing, it's decorating houses. Not that I've, you know, it's like I go around decorating other people's houses. I don't, but I really like decorating 
you know, and putting things yeah, in places and getting, and, yeah. getting, you know, bookshelves, paintings, yeah. where's the couch going to go, that kind of stuff. I love it. Yeah. You know, Jerry Ferrara, or whatever his name is in the actual movie, Jerome. Jeremy. Jerome. Jerome. <laughs> Jerome. It's not called Jerome. It's not called Jerome at all. It's called Jeremy. Yeah, a white guy in the definitely movie named not Jerome. Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh dear. Oh dear. I don't yeah, know. So Morris Chestnut in this Morris Chestnut in this movie is called James. That's a pretty white name. Not really. I mean, James well, okay. Brown. James, James, James. Then you've just thrown James Brown in my face. It's definitely not a white name. <laughs> ha, okay. That's what you get. James, now, I love Terry jokes. A James Brown impression. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, you've turned into Eddie Murphy this from movie, 1983. This movie opens with a James Brown song. Does it? This is a man's world. Yeah. It does. It does. You're right. But I mean, and then just like on the calm aspects, this movie actually was really funny. Like, um, oh, it was. It really was. They actually make some Tyler Perry jokes. Maybe that's why I keep saying it. Um, uh, there was kind of a funny joke where you said it. Michael, once. I'm just keeping bringing it up. Michael <laughs> is trying to get everybody to go to his mom's place, uh, for dinner, and he's like, she got the new uh, Tyler Perry movie for Colored Girls on Blu-ray. And Michael Ely makes a comment like, we don't need to see that movie. It's it's weird. Uh, you know, at the end, Jenna Jackson gets AIDS and some crazy guy starts throwing kids out a window. And he actually, in that movie, plays the guy who throws the kids out the window. So it's like a little in-joke to himself. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate the in-jokes. Yeah. Actually, you know, the movie's kind of strangely meta with itself as well because it's obviously based on this steve harvey book and steve harvey's in it promoting his own book and it's all about the book and what people do with the book yeah it's very interesting in that way as well but it's a really really it's a really really good rom-com i don't know why i'm gravitating towards the romany malco megan good thing i think it it, it does have something to do with the fact that it, it's qu quite a quiet kind of it's 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 all, i don't know i don't know quite how to describe it it's it's the i mean quiet it's a whole, relationship in the movie and it's like a whole kind of personality shift like all the yeah. other guys kind of stayed who they were yeah they just kind of learned to kind of course correct their actions yeah. whereas romney malcolm kind of had to change who he was and his whole kind of mentality towards women and maybe so as it well it's got something to change. do maybe as well it's got something to do with the fact that I also find Megan Good incredibly <laughs> attractive. Maybe and yeah, maybe that's why I like the Michael Ely one more too, for those same reasons. Um I can't but, disagree with that, Mike. Michael Ely's a good looking man. Yes. Um, but just to kind of speak of this kind of self-referential humor, if we move into the sequel, they actually had a yes. really kind of fun scene where the girls are at a bachelorette. And uh, Poison comes on, and they're actually like doing a whole like music video, yeah. and like singing to the camera and talking to us. And one of the members of Belle Biv DeVoe's actually there, like cheering them on. And they do it like a whole music video style where they're like posing and looking at the camera and doing dance moves. And correct like, me if I'm at, wrong. Even it's... at the end, it, there's like a music video credit. Like yes, I was just gonna bring by... that up. 
the think like a man girls or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to bring that up. I'm sure I, I wondered if I dreamt that or something. No. <laughs> that was actually there. Yes, there was a whole like music video break sequence, which I thought was like, where is this coming from? But it's so fun. Like this movie's like just ridiculous fun. It's not really sticking to any kind of formula. Like we see these same characters, they're all kind of going through something else. Where now, like Maya's still kind of dealing with Zeke's past and has to get comfortable with that because everyone's still harping on about him being Zeke the Freak and especially and, because and he's in Las Vegas. Girls. And people from Vegas know him as Zeke the Freak because he's been there so many times hooking up with all these people. So like he can't escape his past in front of Maya and she's like wondering if that's something she's gonna constantly have to deal with. Then we you have... wonder you wonder how many sexually transmitted diseases Zeke may have. Or well, maybe we, it's just me. We that saw him. That. Yes, because you don't want him with Maya because you want Maya all for yourself. But I I'm mean, not saying such things we like saw that. Him. I like we saw him. We I have saw no... him with some condoms, so he's he's safe. I mean, that is true. Romany Marco practices safe sex, as we he know. He does. He does. Um, as we know, we see... <laughs> because we've been involved with. Yeah, we've seen course. it firsthand. Yes, firsthand in my DMs. Um, I so... also have a secret to tell about Romany Malco. Me and Romany Malco. No. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of what they're ago. dealing with. <laughs> um, then we have um, Lauren and uh, Michael Ely's character, Dominic. They're kind of still. They're doing better. They're great. Um, but he's kind of getting some success now. She's getting some success now. And now it's a whole situation of they're both kind of being offered these big jobs. Are they going to take them yeah. um, or, you know, out of respect for each other, not take these positions? Um, so that's kind of what they're dealing with is these kind of big opportunities that are going to potentially have them separate. Um, with you just bringing that up has reminded me of the fact that they're aside from Maurice Chestnut in the first movie, which is to be fair a, a bit of an extended cameo. He's not really a character in the movie. It's no. It's an excuse to have Maurice More Chestnut in, in the movie. Yeah. There is some weird cameos in both of these movies. Now the sequel is a far less stressful movie to watch. It's a it's a fun movie. It's a Vegas trip. It's a bachelor and bachelorette party. It is kind of balls to the wall fun and yeah. fairly light, really, as a movie. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is, but it is not as thought provoking and kind of interesting. As the first movie is. You know, the first movie no, does, like I... I said, makes you think about certain aspects of each of these relationships. Oh, perhaps I could take some of that advice on board myself kind of situation. There's none of that going on in the second movie in Think Like a Man 2. But it does have its fair share of silly cameos as well. Yeah, we have... Um... I was... You just said that about Lauren and Dominic getting the, the jobs, the higher jobs. Kelsey Grammer's in this movie. Yeah, he's just in it to be like this boss on the phone telling Lauren, hey, you know, we want to offer you this position. Why is it Kelsey Grammer? Why does it need to be Kelsey Grammer? I don't know. Um, just for the have, sake of it. 
Drake in here. I don't um, like Drake. Janine Drake's a weirdo. I mean, as we had Chris Brown in the first Chris film. Brown is an even... Oh, God, no, I hate Chris Brown. Why do we have to have weird musicians in both of these I movies? Drake, I'm sorry. Think about, you know, people, how you want to think about people. Drake shady as all hell. Yeah. I don't trust Drake as far as I could throw him. Yeah. And Chris Brown, I don't even need to not trust Chris Brown to know Chris Brown's yeah. a terrible person. So bye-bye. You know, what's going on? Why get Chris Brown out of a legitimately great movie? And why do we have to have Drake as a weird cameo? Yeah. Who? What's Drake doing? Is he not, like, hooking up... With Kevin Hart's wife. <laughs> like, I think, well. I think they're just playing it like she's an interior decorator and she's like looking for samples for him. When he calls, Drake answers the phone and just like, he doesn't even hang up the phone. He just leaves the phone on so that he can hear their whole conversation. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds like something Drake would do. Exactly. I hope um, I'm. I don't mean to like deeply offend everybody, Janine. If I, if you really disagree with any of my no, very no, no, outspoken no. I, I comments that I'm bringing up, I mean Floyd Mayweather. Like I'd heard he's not he's, that great he, of a person either. He's, he? Yeah, he's kind of a dick. I hear too. Um, somebody makes I do sense, like. Given, somebody I do like who uh, would I? I would not call maybe a cameo. Like he actually is like a character. Adam Brody. It was nice seeing him pop up. Adam Brody is in this movie. Yes, he yeah. is a character. Adam Brody. What was Adam Brody in the last last time I saw Adam Brody? Ready was it not, something maybe? on this show? Ready or not was probably the last time you saw him in something. Possibly, yes, something on this show. I knew that Adam Brody. Yeah, Adam Brody is someone I get confused. Do you know? Do you know who I think Adam Brody is? And I know this might sound like really bad. I know Adam Brody's like Adam Brody, but when I see a picture of him, I think he's that one from Glee who died. Are you serious? I'm I'm legitimately serious. I, I always confuse those two. I always confuse those two badly. Oh wow. I think like, whoa, he's still alive. Oh no, the way it's Adam Brody. <laughs> oh my gosh, Morgan. And you were giving I'm me bad. shit about Steve Harvey and Tyler Perry. Get out of my face. I'm Terrible Get out of my face. <laughs> I really do. Do they not look similar? Uh, not really. I mean, probably not now, you know. Yeah. That's a I'm sorry, that's a <sighs> horrible joke. One of them's alive, one of them's been dead for years now. Yes. Uh, very like nasty. Have respect for the dead, Morgan, for God's yes, sake. Please. Terrible, terrible. Um, I'm sorry. But, so all our couples are still kind of going through something um, to kind of keep that kind of storyline happening, but it's, yeah. it's definitely more kind of lighthearted. Um, so I think the biggest thing is Candace and Michael are still dealing with the mother now that it's this wedding situation. She's become kind of even more overbearing. So that's kind of the biggest plot point that we're focusing on. I really, 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 really don't like her. No, so Jennifer Lewis, who's been playing mom since what, like 1993, playing Tupac's mom in Poetic <laughs> Justice. I'm just like, this woman had to be young at some point. Like, she's always somebody's mama in every single movie. 
<laughs> Ever. We're only surprised, Janine, it wasn't Alfrey Woodard. Yeah. Who is yeah. all who is the one other No, she's person. only allowed to play Sana Lathan's <laughs> I mean, that is true. That is that is <laughs> very, very true, actually. <laughs> Um, Jennifer Lewis, you are playing the mother in this. Oh, what a surprise! Yes, okay. What about Alfrey? Is Alfrey not well, available? Well, Sanaa isn't in this, in this movie, movie so... so we can't have Alfrey. Yes. It'll have to be you, Jennifer. Okay, <laughs> but she gets a little. She gets a little romance with Dennis Haysbert of the uh, Allstate <laughs> of Allstate fame. So you know, <laughs> a, a, a fair play to you know, fair play to Dennis Haysbert. I think Dennis Haysbert has some uh, gravitas to him. He does. He has. He's he has got a some great voice. Suaveness to him. Yes, he's very smooth and gets uh gets her to kind of miss Loretta Jazz, to leave everybody alone. <laughs> um, I, but I, yeah. I, do you not think like Loretta? I like. I I went to school with someone called Loretta. I've always really liked the name. Yeah, I do like that name, but associated with this overbearing mother-in-law is kind of terrible. So yeah, that they're all in that Vegas. That is also for... true. They're all in the wet in, in Vegas for this wedding, and Cedric, uh, uh, Kevin Hart's character, he thinks that he's the best man because Michael was actually asking Dominic Michael Ely, who was standing behind Kevin Hart, and he thinks this, so they just kind of go with it. So he kind of like spends all this money on this huge suite. So um, once he realizes like he got the discount wrong in his head of what it was supposed to cost, he, now it's like him having to gamble and get all this money back so he can pay back this insane suite that he booked to show off his best man um and so then that kind of causes all the drama that like happens throughout the night so it ends up kind of turning into like a bit of a hangover movie um so yeah this movie is just kind of pure fun we do they still kind of throw some interesting relationship dynamics out there so now even like um uh gabrielle union and the jeremy character they're now trying to have a baby but yes. like they're doing it on this whole kind of sex schedule. So it's not, you know, it's kind of killed the romance between them. Nobody, so. nobody likes a sex schedule. <laughs> no. So yeah. We have to do it now. I can't. Yeah. We have to do it now. It has to be now. We've ruined it now. For God's sake, we'll have to wait another seven years. Yeah. So it's it's not seven and, years. I don't know how it, time works. Yeah. And then its <laughs> wife now is in this one. So she kind of gets to be like oh, yeah. part of the crew. Which I mean, when you watch the first movie, if you're watching at the end when everyone's at Dominic's food truck and it's this whole thing, if you see Bennett, like I I was reading when I first saw the movie, like every time I watch a movie for, for the first time or even when I'm just watching a movie, I'll just go through the IMDb and like read kind of trivia about it. So when I was reading trivia, they were like, if you notice, you know, Bennett, he has this whole black friend group. And if you notice at the end, his wife is actually black. Like the woman you see with him is actually a black woman. She has no lines or anything, but we see him with a black woman. So I'm like, okay, I thought that was an interesting twist. But now for this movie, his wife is, you know, a white woman, um, you know, from Bridesmaid. So, so she can kind of play up, you know, that whole kind of crazy Vegas, I guess, energy. <laughs> Yes, it's it's. She's also the the mom from the Goldbergs. Yes, so she is playing this kind of nerdy, reserved character who they kind of have to do this whole little makeover thing on and and have a whole little fun moment with. So. What she's there for, Janine, is to be the token white for the girls. Yes, so I so like that they. Everybody kind of has a token white now that they can just <laughs> kick around. Yes. So Bennett, but that yeah. but that also says really weird things. Yes, every and so like often. they even have a whole little scene of her and Bennett kind of like having like fun little like 
foreplay and fun little role-playing experiences. I think they were actually doing role-play from um, the uh, John Singleton movie, Baby oh, Boy. Dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> I think that's oh, who they were dear. playing. Oh, that's dear. who they were playing. They were playing Taraji P. Henson's. That was Taraji <laughs> P. Henson's first role in that movie with Tyrese. So yeah, they oh, were playing Therese and Taraji P. Henson's character as like a sex role play. <laughs> I love it. So... I love it. I hate it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, if there's one person, if there's if there's one person the movie could do with as well, throw Tyrese in. Throw Tyrese right, in yeah, these movies. Playing you know? Roman Pierce, just popping in. Hey, cuz I guess uh, that's not that's a Vin Diesel no. impression. I'm like, uh, that's not Roman Pierce. Uh, Vin Diesel. <laughs> My mind has gone insane. I don't yeah. know why. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it has, and you've lost it a little bit. That's not but... Ty. If I did a Tyrese impression, though, it would come off as very offensive and would sound a little bit like my Kevin Hart impression. Yeah. Shouty and loud yes. and screamy and high pitched. So, um, <laughs> yes. So things do kind of go crazy for them throughout the night and they end up in jail and they are late to their wedding. So they miss, you know, their, their whole wedding moment. And this so is it, why we don't get married in Las Vegas. Well, it was a whole situation. Like the whole time Michael was saying it's midnight, I'm ready to go to bed. It's my wedding day. But everyone would like, you know, was kind of pushing him to, you know, Kevin Hart was pushing him to stay out longer and do a whole thing thing and so they go out later and the strip club well yeah so they go to a strip club and they're and the coco girl that's dancing for them is ice t's wife coco so that's another cameo that's thrown in there yeah (laughs) um (laughs) oh damn yes so when it gets to the point where cedric has realized he's lost a bunch of money and he's gambling everything away um they decided to do this like hustler dance contest to win back the money so he can, you know, pay off his debts. And the girls are actually at that same event. Michael sees a a stripper dancing on Candace, a big old fight breaks out and that's how they all end up in jail. So they are late getting out the next morning for their, the wedding. They miss it. So, you know, Candace is very upset. Uh, Michael's still trying to figure out a venue for them to still have this wedding. It's looking like it's not going to happen. The mom has some words with Candace saying, you know, maybe you're better off not marrying my son. You never were good enough for him. All of these just terrible things she says to Candace. Michael overhears. He tells his mother off. Um, And then Candace kind of says, you know what? I want you to go back in there and apologize to your mother. And he's like, no, she should be apologizing to you. And she's like, you know, I'm a mother just like she is. And who is ever going to, who are you ever going to feel like is good enough for your baby? Like I would kill me if my son Duke told me I couldn't be at his wedding. So um, I, we can't start a life together with, you know, like this with you in a bad place with your mother. So she, you know, while we've seen her suffer at the hands of this woman this whole movie she still as a mother has that respect for her in that way so i like that they actually threw kind of a nice like moment in showing like what a great person this character is and and giving her that whole speech mother to mother um Very so that was like a, that, yeah that was a really hmm. kind of mature kind of honest moment in this kind of sieve kind of silliness so i, I really liked that I, I really like that as well. You certainly wouldn't find that in a Tyler Perry movie. You'd probably end up with a fight or some sort of... Yeah, with somebody getting AIDS and throwing babies out the window. So... I mean, does it always have to end with somebody getting terminal illnesses? 
Uh, I mean, no, they could get hit by a car or definitely um, death. Though, yes, definitely yes, death. Yes. Definitely horrific death as well. Just not just them, like, you know, why did I get married to and I don't acrimony want to watch any and... movies. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just a lot. It would remind me too much of the best man holiday and its weird cancer twist. I thought that was a well handled twist because I was having fun with that movie. I know, but I was explaining it to you. The whole dynamic of the friendship between Tay Diggs and Morris Chestnut has been has been a strained thing, a strained thread since the first movie. So this kind of needed to happen to bring them together and rebuild their friendship. Because it obviously still felt strained in this movie. A human being's death should not be plot convenience for two lead characters to sort themselves out. They should be doing that without the need for anyone to die. Well, I think that's something that could happen in real life. Like... And and I would argue that we should be doing that without the need for anyone to die. Well, I thought it was a good, interesting plot twist, so... Have some self-realization, people of the world. Not everything is bubblegum and rainbows. I'm not saying everything's bubblegum Yeah, I feel like that's what you need, from everything to be bubblegum and rainbows. No, that isn't what... It's just too much for you. I... You can't handle the realness. Excuse me. You can just say that. You can just say that. Excuse me. I can perfectly well... No, I don't think you can. Nope. (laughs) Fine. Right. Well... You don't know what movies I like, then. That's that makes total sense to me. I know what kind of movies you like. That's why it makes no sense to me that you just are like always hating on this twist in that movie. I'm not hating on the twist. (laughs) I'm saying people should be sensible enough in themselves and in their own mind to not have to go through a traumatic event to get back on good terms with somebody they should just realize that then that they don't actually hate you've each seen other how just stubborn idiots. morris chestnut has been since that first movie this is and my issue tension is still there <laughs> so it's still something inherent of the character it's not like he forgave him wholly at the end of that first movie and they were good it was still always a strained thing it was still always a thing that like mia wanted them to be friends and that was important to her and she had to try to be that voice of reason. Yes, and poor Mia, she never got to see it happen again, did she? No, she didn't. What would Mia? What would Mia want? Do you know what that's For... called, Janine? Do you know oh what my... that's called? That's called a plot device, oh not a human being. <laughs> that's how movies work, Morgan. That's not how life works. Life isn't a movie yeah life is hard and shit happens (laughs) yes i understand that (laughs) we all know that to some degree i don't get get you at all it's fine yes you do (laughs) i don't (laughs) (laughs) i've forgotten what i was gonna say about think like a man too now janine i really i I refuse to let you hate on best man holiday I'm not hating on Best Man Holiday. I'm I just you. questioning why it uh-huh. had to be in there. And the movie tonally changed entirely. What was I going to say about <laughs> Think Like a Man 2? I haven't got a clue now. Oh, 
we were I talking about Candace forgiving the mother and all of that yes. situation. It's a very mature thing, and I, I do appreciate the maturity of it, although admittedly some part of me did want to see a little bit of of the old comeuppance for Michael's mother, Loretta, who yeah, is Loretta. a decidingly horrible person to everybody she comes across. She's not very nice to anybody no. apart from Michael. Janine, she she really isn't. She's not even nice to poor Dennis Haysbert. No, she's nice to Oh, she was very well, nice to Dennis Haysbert. <laughs> you sure? Mm, yes. I think she was very nice to Dennis Haysbert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she gave him some. That's pretty nice. <laughs> did she? I don't remember she did. that. Yeah, she woke up in bed and he was behind her. She's like, oh, oh. Yeah, that's true. Little good church lady. Mm. She was also sleeping with the church deacon. Yes, who was was, um, the rival conductor from the drum line, the one with the purple suits. (laughs) Oh, I thought I'd recognize him. Yeah, it was him. And that's why in this movie, everyone's like, oh, we're so sorry to hear about the death of Deacon Johnson. (laughs) So, like, he had died. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's not fun. I don't want him to die. He was yes. lovely. So, yeah, when Dennis Haysbert comes to see, he's like, I was very sorry to hear about the passing of Deacon Johnson. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I'm sure you can fill that position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink. Oh, we could have filled the movie with so much horrible innuendo. That's like, all filling stand. that position. Are you in good hands? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. May West level innuendo, Janine. That's yeah. what this movie's That's missing. Awesome. That's what I want to see. Janine, is there a black rom-com with significant levels of innuendo? Well, have to have to because I don't that. actually think... I feel like... And I don't know if I'm being a little bit weird with this, but innuendo is a very white person comedy type, isn't it? Because yeah. it's all very, oh, well. Wink, wink. I'm not going to be direct because the people are too sensitive for that. <laughs> it's, not the, it's, it's not the same. Different people have different humor styles. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that very stuffy British innuendo is, is going to work with a black from Yeah, probably It's just not, not going to be in there. I'm yeah. trying to mix two things that I enjoy greatly. Yeah. And it, it's sometimes not going to work. <laughs> I do. I did really like these movies, though, Janine. I did. It was a, a welcome, a welcome return for me to watching some good, solid black rom-coms. Yay. And I, I like, like it. Them. I really did. I really did. You know, while Think Like a Man 2 has less to think about, isn't more, is just a straight, fun, entertaining ride of a movie than the first one. Still got some good stuff in there. Still got some nice emotion in there. Everybody's still very attractive in there. Yeah. You know, it's, I feel like it's, it's what, like, what what's the year's between these two movies is the first one like it's two 20... years apart it's 2012 and 2014 i think okay so it's not it's not like a best man situation which was very was much like, a reunion yeah sequel. it was like almost 10 years or something like 20, over 10 years or something yeah because it was like 90s and then the other one was like 
late 2000s. I, yeah, I want 2010s. Was it not something like 99 and 2012 or something like that? Something like that. Movies? I want to say maybe like, yeah, let's see. Let's look. But yeah, I. I really Best did Man, like yeah, it was 99 and Best Man Holiday 2013. 2013, okay. Yeah. Big jump, 14 years. Yeah. It's a little bit, little bit different. Okay. Well, I really did enjoy these things, Janine. I don't know, like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you've got you. I feel like you've hated me after this because I've just <laughs> brought up so many horrible things. No, I did it, like it, the it's what brings interest to our conversations. We're not always going to agree on things, and I think what don't we agree okay. on though? I feel like we do. Agree. The ending to Best Man Holiday. <laughs> We're not even talking about the best man holiday. We're talking about think like a man. What do we not agree on about think like a man? Everybody's attractive. We like everybody's relationship. Everybody's really got good emo. There's not a weak relationship in there. You know, there's not weak balance. You feel like everybody matters. There isn't. And that, that you know, that takes some doing. I think for any ensemble movie, Janine, for there to not be one couple that feels less than the less than the others, every everyone is so well balanced. Even in the second movie, yeah, that I I I I really do appreciate that. And Kevin Hart running around like a little pit bull in the middle of it all. Just like uh, Bam Bam at a certain point, stripper Bam Bam. <laughs> I mean, that fits. Yeah, that fits really, doesn't it? Comes in swinging his big club. That was a little bit of innuendo there. No, oh, there you go. You didn't get it though. I did. I did. No, I didn't say you. Did I say you didn't get it? I don't. <laughs> you said you didn't get it. So oh <laughs> dear. Um. <laughs> my mind, my mind. You For mean? all intents and purposes, I'm the only one here. So <laughs> you are the only one here. I'm, I'm, but I'm speaking to the people. I'm speaking to you, listening. <laughs> you, yes, you. That's who I'm speaking to. Oh, okay. <laughs> sometimes I speak to you, Janine, but sometimes I speak to you, you right there. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope you, hope you appreciate me speaking to you as well. <laughs> I don't think we disagree on anything else, Janine. I don't think we disagree on anything else at all. I think you're just trying to make an argument for no reason. <laughs> I mean, what fun would it be without a little bit of argument? <laughs> Very much fun. Very much fun. I don't know. Do you have anything else you would like to say about these movies? No, I, I love these movies. I have a lot of fun with them, and I'm glad you enjoyed them. I, I definitely, yes. I kind of wish this movie didn't have a sequel because I really think two can play that game and, and think like a man would have been a very good double feature. I mean, I don't think the movie needed a sequel, but it must have been particularly popular enough to warrant one and the sequel isn't bad. Yeah. So it's a harmless sequel, if nothing else. Yeah, it doesn't take away from the, the first movie. Um, and it's just fun. It's not like a terrible sequel. Like it's it's not bad. It's still fun. Yeah, entertaining and, to watch. And you can perfectly watch one of them on their own. The first one yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Think like a man. 
Is it fair to say that Michael Ely is the most attractive person in this movie for you, Janine? Yeah, very easy. More so than anybody else, more so than your secret Twitter, whatever the hell that was. (laughs) Yes. Romany Malco. Yes. More so than Maurice Chestnut. Yes. More so than the dude from Drumline. (laughs) (laughs) Deacon Johnson. (laughs) Deacon. I don't know. Maybe you're into Deacon Johnson. He's got a moustache, hasn't he? Oh, no. Steve Harvey. Maybe you're into Steve Harvey. Oh, no, you don't even remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I knew you were going to get that in there somewhere. Yes. Okay. Success. Yeah. Um, Corey Monty's ghost. Is he the most attractive person in the sequel? I'm huh, working. Uh, shut up. <laughs> Stop hating <laughs> on my... Face, face blindness. blindness. <laughs> you know, I don't have face blindness for Megan Good. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Gabrielle Union. Exactly. Thank, yeah. thank you for at least remembering that. Yes. The two definitely most attractive people in these movies. <laughs> yes. Success. There we go. That's going to do it. For this series of Morgan Hasn't Seen. Now, Janine, you have some ideas for the next series. I believe yeah. there's going to be a poll. Yes. So, you know, on our It's a Wonderful Podcast Patreon, typically when I can't decide on what we are going to cover the next month on a show, I'll put a poll out. So I have always have a couple ideas that I'm kind of working with in movies that I like that I kind of want to share with Morgan. So I have a couple of themes that I might be going through and sharing with patrons. So uh, if you want to vote in that poll and have a say in what we cover next on the show, become a patron. It'll be at the dollar tier. So, um, you know, yeah, you can get a, a fun vote. So um, I can probably say what, I, what, what ideas I'm kind of looming through. Yes. Um, so I'm thinking about teen thrillers. Um, lady gets her groove back type movies. <laughs> that does not include how Stella got her groove back. No, because, we because already we've already done that. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm thinking about nanny movies. We just had a, a, a great friend of ours who just had a baby. Yes. So, you know, maybe like nanny babysitter type movies. Um, and uh, a very fun kind of uh, wrench I'm going to throw in there is uh, Will Ferrell movies. Please, Morgan, God, no. Morgan hates Will Ferrell. Please, God, no. But I think I can curate a decent no. list where it's not going to be too many loud, obnoxious things. In his you, know what, you know what I'll just because do if it's Morgan watched Morgan watched Elf and decided he hates Will Ferrell. So yes. he has not watched another Will Ferrell movie since then. And that was in 2003. So, when I Elf think came out, there might be a couple of movies that he might actually find tolerable. I think I was able to find that perfect formula with some Adam Sandler things. So, I think we can do the same thing with Will Ferrell. So, th- that's what the poll is going to be. If you want to have a say and vote in that poll, become a dollar patron on our Patreon. It's a wonderful one on patreon.com, and you will be able to vote. Oh, you know, become a Patreon at any tier should you want some of the yeah. added perks as well. Yes, at, at other tiers you get monthly artwork, you get fun little videos, kind of, you know, where we share our personalities and things we enjoy and, and yes. stuff like that. Um, the live streams are coming back. It's all going to be good. Yes. 
So Fun definitely times. check it out. Absolutely. It's a wonderful podcast on Patreon. That is there. But this is this and this is it for Morgan Hasn't Seen for the romance movies double features. It's been a great series, Janine. It has. I do think, you know, there's a lot to love about this series, actually. Silver Linings Playbook last week was a highlight. This movie I really liked. The Lake House I really liked. Oh, yeah. Why don't you do a little ranking of what you liked the best from this? The thing is, there was there's more than four. There's eight. Okay. Well, you don't have to rank them all, but just say, like, your top of, you know. Your those top three. Okay. Well, those okay. three. Okay. Those three, definitely. Although, I've now forgot what we did for the first week because my mind's broken. Oh what did goodness. we do for the first week? <laughs> You've forgotten as well. Oh, modern the 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 era one. So we did la- the water for elephants in, oh, that's in the right. clouds. Yes, that's period right. piece. Ooh, walking the clouds was quite good. Um, well, this one would be this one would be in there. Think think like a man. One. Yeah, I think like a man won the lake house silver linings playbook. They're the they're the three. They're the they're the real three high highlights. Okay. I would say. Definitely. Go with those three. Go with those three. In an order. Three very different movies. Can't really yeah. put them in an order. That's too difficult for Mo- for, for for poor old Morgan. <laughs> I'm afraid. Enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I know you're not big on ranking things, but I just because just I can't do it, that's all, most of the time. <laughs> anyway, Morgan Hasn't Seen is not the only show you can find on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed. We have Machine Mondays, Janine, with yourself, Schmodown, and all its craziness that's good and bad. Yes. And all, so, and everywhere yeah. in between. We we are getting a lot of announcements from managers of, you know, who they're keeping, who they're letting go, who's staying, who's going, what their plans are, offers being made. So I will be breaking down all of the uh, manager announcements. Yes. Um, and I'll also have a very kind of special message as well in there. So yes. check it out. Check it out. Go back Machine and check up. out Monday's episode. Absolutely. Machine. Mondays, every Monday going forward now on Mondays on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. We also have the main show, It's a Wonderful Podcast itself, where we give love to celebrate and discover new old movies. It's all about old movies on the main show. Oh my God. Next week is the 200th episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast I'm going to get sappy and sentimental on that just to let you know now, Janine. So I hope my speech and my mind are as one and not like they have been today where my mind's been on a completely different level than the words that are actually coming out of my mouth (laughs) half the time. Well, you better get your ranking shoes on because that's a good point. Quite a bit of ranking in this 200 episode point monday wednesday with this show and friday we have you covered here on the it's a wonderful podcast feed you can find us on anchor apple podcast spotify stitcher google podcast Castbox, amazon music all the other places 
on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Janine's already spoken lovelily about the patron. <laughs> That's not even a word. We also have the YouTube channel, It's a Wonderful Podcast, on YouTube for you to subscribe to and do your notification bell ding things on. You can find me on Twitter at the Purple Don with a three instead of the E and the because, Janine. Three is the magic number. On Instagram at just the Purple Don. All your lovely stuff is where. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, you can find it at my Tee Public shop at g9design.tpublic.com. And if you want to purchase any of my artwork in print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. There we go. Janine, do what you want. There's no re- a Kevin Hart impression if you can, but oh, if you no. can't, I really understand. I'll do Because my, uh... it's so hard. I'll do my Dennis Haysbert. Oh, Dennis Haysbert. That that one. Bye. Bye.